Ray, he's not going to listen to me. He might. Ray, Go Ray, him. Ray, Ray. You have to raise your voice. Go, Ray. Ray, Ray. He looked, Jack. He did yeah. it. Do it again, Jack. <laughs> he looked. Ray. <laughs> oh no, he's gone to the. He's gone to the. I'm so sorry. He's licking a woman. I'm so sorry. <laughs> This week on Walking the Dog, I went for a stroll with screenwriter, playwright, and the man described as a modern-day Dickens, Jack Thorne. Jack's probably best known as the author of the hugely successful stage play, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, as well as his TV work with director Shane Meadows. But I can't mention all his credits. I'll be here all night. Basically, Jack's got a groaning awards cabinet filled with five BAFTAs, a Tony, and an Olivier Award. I first met Jack through the comic Frank Skinner as they've become in-laws. Frank's partner Kathy is the sister of Jack's wife Rachel, which might be the best ever family setup for a brilliant sitcom. Jack's probably one of the most humble and self-effacing people you'll ever meet. In fact, if there's any one thing I'd change about him, it's his slight sense of unease around dogs. But I attempted to cure that by taking him out with my dog Raymond, because he's more of an Ewok than a dog. And so we braved a rainy day in London's Green Park for our stroll. Do look out for Jack's upcoming BBC adaptation of Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials. There's animals in it, Ray. There's monkeys, there's polar bears. Well, I don't know if there are any parts for dogs. No, I couldn't ask him to give you a part and it's rude. They couldn't afford your food bill anyway. I really hope you enjoy my walk with Jack because I loved it and I love him. Please rate, review and subscribe if you did. Here's Jack. Are we going? Do I start talking? <laughs> I think that's the strangest beginning I've ever had to the podcast. Jack, look. Yes, he does. Do you want to describe talk. what's happening, Jack? I, I, I'm incapable of any description, but um, he doesn't like the rain, I don't think. He's well, just sort of standing there. If you're incapable of any description, I, I'm going to have a word to say about those five bastards. <laughs> Hold him, Jack. I'm holding him. Ray, come on. No, he doesn't want to move. I think he's reluctant around me. I might take him off the lead. All right, okay, and just carry him. He likes his... Okay. He likes to run free. <laughs> Come on, Raymond. Do you see? So as soon as we took his lead off, he started walking, didn't he? Well, maybe he was wary of my, me holding the lead. No, Jack, I think he just was... I think it's just a sort of lesson in parenting, essentially, isn't it? <laughs> the harder you tug on the lead, yeah, yeah, the more they resist. Yeah, yeah. Jack, I think we should find some cover. Come on, yes. Raymond, because it's wet. Should we go under one of those trees? Yeah, sure. For a bit, we could walk up there. Um, I'm going to introduce you now. Okay. I'm in London's Green Park. Yes. With my dog, Raymond. And I'm going to be upfront about this. He's a pal of mine, and I think he's fabulous. He's a playwright, a screenwriter. He's got five BAFTAs, but he doesn't like to talk about it, but I do. <laughs> I think there's a Tony knocking around there somewhere. There is. I think there's an Olivier Award knocking around there somewhere. I'm with Jack Thorne. Hello, Jack. Hello, hello, hello. And this could all be a disaster because my idea of a nice walk is walking along in silence. So, um, <laughs> you know. Is it though? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, I mean, literally the main, the main way Rachel and I survive or used to survive That's before we had wife, a child. Rachel, yeah. Yes, is by. Um, taking long walks together where we'd walk silently all the way. That's why Kath, so, um, the way that we know each other is you'll co-present Frank's radio show and uh, his 
girlfriend, partner, whatever you call her, Kath, is uh, the sister of my wife, Rachel. You're Frank Skinner's brother-in-law. I'm Frank Skinner's brother-in-law, though not technically, yeah. but yes. And, uh, and yeah, the, where Frank and Kath can't stop talking, Rachel and I will sit happily in silence for hours. So, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she talks to other people, just not to me. We're just quite, quite quiet. I do talk a lot, which you may have noticed. Um, yes. But I'm happy with my own company. Yes. And I'm really happy with silence now. Yes. Well, that might be writing. Might have changed something a tiny bit, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe. No? I think partly, and I think partly I'm probably a bit less mad than I was. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I Because totally I, I think mean. people that can't tolerate silence, or solitude actually. Yeah. I think sometimes it's a bit, when will the lambs stop screaming, Clarice? Yes, yes. So we're with like, Raymond today, Jack. Yes, who is wet and looks a tiny bit tired and miserable. But is he all right? I think he's okay. What do you make of him? You've met Raymond before, haven't you? I've met Raymond a few times before and he's hung out with my son a bit uh, on occasion. And uh, he's a lovely dog. I mean, I don't know much about dogs, but he seems very lovely. So what's your view of dogs? Well, I, the, 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 um, I'm not... I'm a bit scared of them, uh, but uh, I'm determined that Elliot, my son, is not scared of them. And also, I have heard that dogs are very useful, particularly for boys when they're growing up and that's sort of stuck in my head somewhere that having someone who loves you without restraint um, we've got a lovely right. hello did you want to see my dog I think we've got some people who want to see the dog do you want to say hello to him he's called Raymond do you want to say hello do you want to give him a stroke <laughs> He's not so sure, this little one. <laughs> He's having a good look. Yeah. Oh, the rain stopped! Oh, well, it was nice to meet you guys. Cheers, bye bye, bye bye. Lovely to meet you. Come on, Raymond. Oh, Jackie wants to go with them instead. Come on, Raymond. I don't blame him. This way. So we had a little encounter there, Jack, with yes. some strangers. How yes. did you find that? Do well, you find very, those situations stressful? Yes, I'm very awkward and uh, very awkward socially and, uh, you know, uh, I'm very anxious socially. So, yes, no, no, no. I never know what to say. And I always have, you know, I think everyone does that thing of having a thousand things that they're going to say in their head. Yeah. And then they only say one of them. But um, I say none of them, which, uh, you know, which is why I'm a writer. And I suppose is that the difference between an introvert and an extrovert? Is that some people derive their energy from a situation like that, like an encounter with... I look at that and think, oh, people, I can yeah, get yeah, to know yeah. them. Yeah. Do you feel shy or do you just feel you want your own space or...? Yeah, and just that uh, I'm going to say something wrong and, and, and ruin everything for everyone uh, is generally the main, the main thought I have. But you never do, in my uh, experience. Well, yeah maybe know me a bit longer and then, stick around yeah, exactly exactly so exactly. tell me about your relationship with dogs or your non-relationship with dogs um you did you you grew up in bristol or you moved to bristol didn't i didn't know i lived in bristol till the age of nine and right. then i moved to a town called newbury from nine till 18. is that in berkshire yeah that's yeah. in berkshire yeah. yeah 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 um but i um uh no i don't we've we never had a dog we had cats we did had you? guinea pigs we're very sad guinea pigs uh that uh that are one of our guinea pigs called Nutmeg 
uh, died when my brother fed Keep it like him Jack, we've only just started. The death of a <laughs> guinea pig already. Uh, my brother accidentally fed nutmeg a rhubarb leaf and then nutmeg died. And then Pearly, our other guinea pig, um, uh, starved to death because it wouldn't take any food was just like which apparently is a Bobby common Sands. thing about gu guinea pigs that, that he was so that, that I can't remember if it was a he or a she but Pearlie was so upset that, that um, she just never ate again and uh, just is until, a broken heart literally, literally of a broken heart yeah 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 yeah. That's rather sort of Shakespearean. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. And we had lots of cats. We had this succession of cats. Typical writer, even your guinea pig's death yeah. sort of <laughs> had some narrative. Exactly, exactly. Oh, so um, it was you and your it's Maggie and Mike, your parents. Yes, Maggie and Mike, my mum and dad, yeah. yeah. And, and your brothers and sisters, will you talk us through them? Yes, so my older brother and sister are twins, Joe and Chris, and, um, and my, and then I've, uh, and they're, four and three quarter years older than me and then I've got a younger sister called Liz who's three and a half years younger. So they spaced it out quite a lot but um, uh, and my dad would have stopped it too but um, uh, my mum kept tricking him. So I was a trick and my little sister was also a trick. So Yes yeah. I think me and my sister were tricks. Really? Yeah I think that was the thing, right. wasn't it? It was, it was quite a 70s thing. So your dad wouldn't have had any, any kids? No my dad said to me I never wanted children. But then we'll come on to that because that was part of his sort of intellectual honesty. And, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about your, tell me about your childhood, Jack Thorne. What, what sort of words would you use to describe it? Um, uh, quite hidden. I was sort of uh, someone that um, struggled but didn't want other people to know that I was struggling and so just lived quite quietly my brother and sister I don't know that just like having them being a bit older and having them mm. seeing the things that happened to them that my sort of response to that was to not really tell my mum and dad anything and not really tell anyone anything so I just sort what of what do you mean the things that happened to them well I, I don't want to like oh. that's their story but you know that I was sort of like I'll just keep my story that was your way story. of dealing exactly, with exactly exactly yeah. and my parents are quite loud and wonderful and brilliant but um and yeah that it just was a so I just kind of kept myself to myself quite yeah, a lot yeah and and was sort of fine but I wasn't particularly happy I don't think I was sort of uh the thing in your book that I always remember is your thing where uh that, that wearing that label unlovable oh, and yeah. I think and I think I do feel a certain affinity to that and really? I think probably that's how I felt for a very long time. Mm. I mean, uh, Rachel was the first uh, girl I introduced to my parents at the age of 32. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that we just... You, you knew know. that that was... Yeah, so I was. I lived a very private, yeah. sort of quite in my head life. And I didn't really... I had friends, but I never really had a best friend. A lot of my stuff is about best friends because I really, really wanted one. Oh, and I yeah, uh, really wanted someone to share, share share things with. Did you feel, because I feel that we grew up in kind of similar families in some way, but different, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I think I would, I mean, your family was a lot more glamorous than mine. So, you know, that your, your parents were very, um, I think they're, they're, they're born of a similar ilk, yes. but your parents were involved in a life that, I don't know, do you know what I mean? It was a yeah. very glamorous life, you know. 
Well, I suppose I think what I'm saying in terms of the similarities is that I see your parents as sort of left-wing and yes. with a yes. big social conscience. Yes. And, you know, we had... And no filter. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And dinner parties where there were debates constantly. And yeah, you would, yeah, yeah. I interviewed Ed Miliband on this podcast and I feel he had quite a similar yeah, background, yeah. unsurprisingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said... He was treated always a bit like an adult, so there was no yeah. concession made for him being a child. No, it was no, no. kind of, Ed, yeah. what do you mean? That's preposterous. When yeah, you, yeah, oh, no, yeah. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was that yeah. sort of vibe. Did you get that? No, totally, totally. Yeah. And, and um, Ed came and saw the play, actually, and, and said that, he, that there was a similarity. Because um, uh, Jeff is a... Jeff, who does the podcast with yeah. him, is a mate of mine, and so... We yeah. should say, actually, that when Jack says the play... Um, Sorry, yes. His play, The End of History... Which is closing on Saturday, so we're not, advertising, we're not advertising it on but the show. But to be honest, to PR any of Jack's stuff, I think it's sort of unfair to the rest. It's like, you're doing all right. I'm doing an anti-PR for you. You're doing far too well for my liking. Leave some to the rest of us, mate. Awesome, so this is the torpedo. Um, but I yeah, like the end yeah. of history, you talk... And I, actually, I won't leap ahead to that, because we'll yep. talk about that and writing awesome. that. But, cool. um, so, yeah, so you would say... But I just mean that, 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 that you, said, you were very nice about it, and Ed was very nice about it, and I think mm. people that had parents like that sort of get that play, which is... You know, which isn't everyone, and the play wasn't for everyone, and that's fine. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was interesting. And I got the. Oh, where's he gone? He's getting lured in by. Two, look. Oh no, Jack. Can, this is what he does. <laughs> he really, really is freaked out by me. I think, and is. Um, Jack, he's not doing honestly. everything he can to stay away. He, he <laughs> just keeps on, keeps on running off with other people. Sorry about I, that. Okay. But I think it's that. What I got. What I have come to understand about your family or your, yes. and your childhood, if it yes. is that, like mine, I suppose it was kind of messy. Yes. But then I think. But glorious. But yeah, glorious yeah. and yeah, complex. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. think. No, when I you adore have, my parents, and I think they're amazing, and I think they did, yeah. did incredible things with their lives, which yeah. I think is something and, to be said for that. And also, you look back, or I do anyway, and I think of the legacy of growing up. With those people, with those yes. kind of minds and inquiring, questioning people yep. that challenge and... Yeah. Challenge you know. is the right word. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, there is a, there is a, there's, a, there's a damage Jack. there. And, yeah. Of course. And, you know, everyone deals with it differently. And I think it's interesting that your way was to withdraw, maybe. Yeah. My way was to put on armour and be a bit there's no business like show business and and sort of you know that's how some other people I, I wrecked it in armor and it took me a long time to sort of you know dismantle it but so I wonder if your way is probably slightly healthier and what did Rachel do my sister yes. she was like you right okay right, she right, was right. she she withdrew you know right, she was okay. quiet and she right, would right. you know roll her eyes a bit and right 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 yeah. And were you close to your siblings, Jack, growing up? Very, very close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. And we're still close. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, we don't... Yeah. We're, the, 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 the thing is, the model of siblings that I see most of is Kath and Rach, who are just so insanely close that um, everything else pales in comparison. But, um, you know, in that they work together, they talk to each other a hundred times a day. If someone calls while we're eating dinner or this we're This just eating... to remind everyone is Jack's um, wife yes, and yes. her sister. Yes. Yeah. That, that it's always it's always Kath. Kath is always the one that's calling. Yeah, so that's I suppose, but that's quite extreme in some yes, ways. Yes, exactly. So we're not like that, but we're still very close to each other. Yeah. Yeah. 
When you were at school, yes. what sort of kid were you like then? Were you quite studious? Yeah. Uh, drama. I like drama, so I was always doing a bit of drama, but I was never particularly. I was never the lead, you know. Uh, I was the lead, I think, when I was like seven, when I was Joseph in Joseph in the Telecolor and Dreamcoat. But that that was that was it. From then on, I was like background characters. You would have been a great Joseph. <laughs> I was a very sweet. I would. That, that's. I was quite a gregarious seven-year-old. That's interesting um, to me, yeah. Jack. And then that Is sort that of wanting, faded away. But wanting to be on stage and doing yes. all that, that doesn't seem to sort of tally with what you said, but is that because you're sort of hiding in a way? Do you no, know what no, mean you're yeah. playing a part? Yeah, and yeah, and there's a lot of actors like me, but, yeah. uh, but also um, uh, drama, when you're a nerd and when you grow up in an age before nerddom being... The th I just came back from Comic-Con, and at Comic-Con, it was so fabulous to see my people so happy, <laughs> surrounded by each other, and I never had that, and drama actually is a sort of nerddom. And so I think that's why drama really appealed to me. I think if comic books had yeah. been quite as accepted as they are now, it would be a, it may have been a completely different life for me. I you love know. that idea of my people. It's true. It's quite tribal, isn't it? It's kind yeah. of, I get the sense that you felt other. Yes. When you were growing up. Yes. And I think people who feel other, I'm going to put that the other way around, actually. I think people who tend to excel in their field or... I know you're very modest, but you know, I think you'll accept that you're high profile in your field. In my experience, particularly in the arts, there is often that sense of otherness for whatever reason, yeah, you yeah. know, whether they're too noisy, whether they're too quiet, there is a sense I think they carry of not being quite like everyone else. Yes, or just that the people that get involved in those things tend to be the people that are other. What know, I mean is that the person who's Mary in the nativity play every year and the person who's the cheerleader or the captain of the football team. Yes. I find it very reassuring that often that's where they peak. Apologies yes. if you're currently the captain <laughs> of the football team, but it's all downhill from here. No, I really do, because I think it is the slightly... the others that sort of tend to... It's a bit of a tortoise. I think it's strange, just because I think you have got something to prove in a way. Yes. When did you first get the idea that... Oh God, I'm good at writing. I, you know, people not, like not, what I not do. Not till I, not till I was at university. Really? Uh, did you write as a kid? Did you do Jack's story or my life? Or? Not my aunt told me that I did, uh, but no one else can remember it in my family. Not really. No, I, I, um, I wrote quite imaginative history essays uh, did you? and things like that. But no, I was, you know, I was set on either politics or becoming uh, or acting, and. Uh, writing for a living never really occurred to me. My A-levels were politics, um, history and economics. And I did a degree in politics. I was absolutely set on politics. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, then I, then I went to the Young Labour Conference in 1997 and, uh, and got involved in... I actually was part of a walkout of Tony Blair's speech in 1997, which is quite early to be angry at Tony Blair. Sorry, Jack, you know why he's going near us? Why? Well, look over there. Uh, he gets a bit frightened of the crows. Well, they're quite frightening. They're quite big, and there are yeah. stories about big birds picking up well, there picking was, up chihuahuas, and it happens. Well, Elliot is afraid of seagulls and That's won't, the sun, eat, won't yeah. eat fish and chips on the beach um, because he's always worried that seagulls are going to nick him. <laughs> He's right though. I've seen the YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, um, and uh, but I sent a, um, 
I sent an article to Rates the other day that was like uh, about a seagull picking up a small dog and carrying it <laughs> off uh, and said don't show this to Elliot but oh, you, you no. need to know that this is happening because uh, uh, we always are just trying to persuade him to come because we go to the seaside quite often oh, and uh, and um, we're always trying to persuade him to be okay with the fact that seagulls won't steal your food Elliot you're going to be all right so Jack yes you went to you must have sort of stood out because you went to Cambridge yes. and I imagine, without making any assumptions, yeah. you didn't, you know, you went to a comprehensive, didn't you? Yeah. And, it, and in those days, it was a bit more elitist, wasn't it? It was harder yeah, to get yeah. into Cambridge, yeah. not coming straight through the private yeah. system. So yeah. was that seen as something special? And Yeah, yeah, we got our pictures in the local paper. Everyone that was going from the, from the school to Cambridge, got our, Oxbridge got our pictures in the paper. So, yeah, no, it was sort of like, you know, it was a thing, you know, and my dad was very proud. Was he? Um, yeah, 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 very proud of, of it. Uh, you know, I think it was probably was a mistake. Why? Because it, I wasn't very happy there. But... Why do you um, think you weren't happy? But I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't change it. So I don't know whether you'd describe it as a mistake. Why wasn't I happy? Uh, because at Cambridge, everyone... Everyone who goes to Cambridge thinks they're special and then you discover you're not really. Um, certainly not academically special. And it's really, uh, if that's been a thing that's defined you, you know, doing well at school sort of was defining for me. Right. You know, it was something I was, an area I felt safe in. Mm. And then you go there and you discover that you're, you know, quite mediocre. Yeah. Uh, if not below mediocre, I ended up with a 2-2. So, and at Cambridge, that's rub. You know, that's really rubbish. I think that's like bottom 15% of the year or something. But did, um, did you and, uh, did so, you find it difficult being around that sort of privilege? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. First day. First day at Cambridge. You um, at, at my college, you had a thing called college families, where where old the the students in the year above yeah. would become your college parents right. and, you, and then you're, you're put with um, a group of other uh, first years. And the first night I was paired with this guy called Dave and, uh, and I asked him what he did for fun and he said beagling, chasing rabbits with dogs, um, uh, that that's, that's what he liked to do. And it was like, and he said to me, because obviously it's a small college so we mm. knew each other, and I said to him later, you know, you were my fear of what Cambridge would be like. And he went, I'm going to be totally honest with you. You were my fear of what Cambridge <laughs> would be like. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I was going for a very nice school and suddenly yeah. surrounded by these oiks. It wasn't, uh, yeah. so yeah. Look at him, yes. Jack. No, he's happy as Larry now. But um, that's interesting because, you know, you, it's so interesting. It's like the end of the happy ending the rom-com ending isn't it you see the wedding and then you never see the marriage and yeah. that picture in the paper of you that's yeah, what yeah, yeah. you yeah. see oh isn't it great this boy and then actually you're the bastard who's got to do this thing yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and it's not it's no, complicated no. isn't it yeah, well, it yeah. was back then i would imagine just because yeah i know i don't know whether really they have opened up access they keep saying yeah. they have but then you look at the figures and you go they haven't yeah and, and it does require I was I was involved in the access campaign there to try and get kids in, and, and then later I was involved bringing kids back to the back to the university, and I, I, I still didn't feel like it was it was a place that genuinely seemed like it was welcoming, and I took Rach there to um, 
Yeah. For, for a, I did a thing that... Oh, I bet they're all most, over you now, aren't they? Well, no, I, <laughs> I, I, I went back because this guy, Mark Wormald, who I really, really like, mm. who was my senior tutor there and yeah. was really good to me. When I was a bit mm. fragile, he was really good to me. And he asked me to come back and do a sort of thing with his English students where they just did a Q&A with me. And, um, and, uh, and Rach was like, this is extraordinary. It doesn't really... Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, she's yeah. just like, I genuinely didn't think this still existed, yeah. this place, yeah. you know. Yeah, So, you know, yeah, it's still, I mean, it's still very set in its ways. That is galloping. It's galloping. Yay, way, way! I'll keep him away from your undergraduate mates. Yeah, yeah, they'll set, they'll set the beagles on him. Yeah. So, Jack, you got ill, didn't you, though, when you yes, were at Cambridge? Yeah, what, yeah. So, are you happy yeah. to tell me what no, that no, no. is? What? So I had a thing called conlegicaticaria, um which is basically prickly heat. So it's not very spectacular, but I got it very chronically and became allergic to artificial heat, so radiators, natural heat, so the sun, and then eventually body heat. So every time I moved, I was provoking a reaction. So it was really, it was a really quite dark time. And uh, and so yes, uh, in Cambridge they call it degrading. I degraded myself. Um, well, I did uh, that at university. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to leave, so I left for uh, six months. That must and have been so. Flat on my back. Do you look? Do you look back though and think that was? There was part of that as well, which was the stress didn't help it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, Psychologically. No, I, no I, the, 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 I had this discussion with the consultant the other day right. about whether it was whether it was psychosomatic, because I think it was basically a mental breakdown that was yeah. disguising itself as a physical breakdown. Um, and, and people understood was, less about that then. Absolutely. And the yeah. doctor was like, maybe, yeah. maybe, you know, but, but also it could just have been a reaction in your body. My, my theory has always been that it was a mental breakdown because it was the, my, the third term, the final term, the exam him, term. Ray, he's not going to listen to me. He might. Ray, Call Ray, him. Ray. Ray. You have to raise your voice, go, Ray! Ray! Ray. He looked, Jack, he did yeah. it. Do it again, Jack. He looked. Ray! Oh no, he's gone to the... He's gone to the... I'm so sorry! He's licking a moment. I'm so sorry. Raymond! That, that's, Raymond. What reje- that's what rejection feels like. Yay! Good boy! That was amazing. That was amazing. You tested me and I failed. <laughs> <laughs> Dog smell fear, Jack. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so that's. I don't think I don't think anyone could be afraid of Ray. No. So yeah, so I think that's probably there's probably truth in that, isn't there? That there was some. Yes, I think there was. There's mm. a lot of truth in that. Mm. Um, and it was the the third term of my second year. It was exam term. I was trying to do two plays that term, and I was wasn't well mentally, mm. and I was drinking like eight cans of coke a day, and you know. Are you um? Were you writing by that stage, Jack? Yeah, did you yeah, started yeah. writing plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my first year, I started writing plays, and I did it because I realised I wasn't going to be an actor, and um, uh, and I thought I'd like to be a director. Mm. And then I realised how much it cost to get amateur rights to a play, sixty-five pounds a night, mm. and uh, and I was like, I'll write a play, and so <laughs> save myself three hundred quid. A cost-saving exercise. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then I did, and it turned out all right, uh, or. It didn't, but it was, but it was more fun than anything else. And so you went back and got your degree. Yes. Finally, and then you ended up. Did you? You lived with your brother, didn't you? At that I lived with my brother for five years in Croydon. Uh, he put me up while I was trying to write, and he was amazing to me. You know? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
charge me small amount of rent but not much do you know you know just like mm. enough to keep the lights on yeah and um and i was teaching a bit but it allowed me and uh, to do to write and uh you know yeah my brother was very good to me and you're famously incredibly disciplined about writing you know i mean you're yeah. sort of a bit of a 16 hour day man yes. under deadlines was that something that started then or is that only now that no 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 i've always been i've always been you know the, the, the word I most hate is prolific, because that's what people say about me. Oh, can you uh, edit that out of the beginning? I think I said that. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's good. Uh, uh, but uh, it's fine. Why do you it's hate that word? Because I think it sounds cheap. I think it sounds like you don't care. I think it's like you accumulate. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, you become like a, someone that's just like accumulating things. Yeah. And I think that's the worry. Um, uh, but um, I always was that way. I was always writing multiple plays at once. No one was reading the plays, but I was writing them because I like to write more than one thing at once. Because if I write one thing at once, I stop sleeping because I start worrying about yeah about how bad a writer I am. That you know you get do stuck. Do you? Do you yeah. still get even yeah. after the five Baftas, the Olivia, and the Tony? <laughs> do you still? God, every day. Yeah. Get really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what's. Which way it should we go, gets... Jack? That way? Yeah, sure. I like this. What is it, Jack? It's a nice... I've no idea. Oh, but that's Buckingham like... Palace. There, so, yeah. Right, you're uh. not going to get that tall guy, Joel. <laughs> you're going to have to do better than that. That's Buckingham Palace right there. Come on. Is it, uh, uh, no, it's not... Oh, Ray's running towards it. It's a it's fountain not... in Green Park. It's probably a really famous memorial. It's probably like Princess Diana thing or something. I don't think it's Diana, because Jack... she's the rings in... Um, oh, let's go and look she... at that, Jack. You're good at words. You can read that. <laughs> Canada Memorial. How is it? Unveiled yeah. by Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth in the present. Well, it's hardly far for her to travel. Don't <laughs> yeah. act like that's well, a big deal. Came. Everyone came. Look. Well, of course, there's a mum, literally. Her mum was there. Um, Andrew was there. Philip was there. You know, everyone came. Literally rolled out Diana of bed came. and set three steps. Princess Margaret came. It's lovely. I like this. As a mark of respect, please refrain from climbing, Ray. Come on. Kathy. But it well, looks it... like a. You know, Come a on, really man. fun slide for kids. That's the problem, isn't it's it? It's got water, I know. Yeah. That, and that doesn't seem a mark of respect. <laughs> exactly. I'm worried that Ray's going to leave a mark of respect. <laughs> He's about to do it on a tree, that's better. <laughs> People talk about this work ethic of yours and how yeah. you don't see it as work, in a way. Really? Well, Is no, that I, right, I, or yeah, do you? Yeah, I really love it. I really love it. And when, um, and when I'm weird and... Um, uh, and Rachel thinks that I'm being weird. She'll send me off to write because that's what the way. What do you mean of... weird? Well, just like the... you're not feeling, you're not being, you're not in a good headspace. Exactly, yeah. and not not comfortable, and just really? seem like you know, like yeah. That, that Rachel will send me off to write to sort myself out, you know, and that once I've done some writing, I come back down. It's almost like I feel, from what you've said so far, like writing felt like your little escape, your little fantasy yeah. world that you created where you felt safe. Yeah, yeah, to some degree. But yeah. also, you know, it's incredibly stressful and not really a, an escape anymore. But I love it and I feel like the luckiest person in the world, you know, that I get do to you? do it for my life. Yeah. Do you fear judgment when you write something? Yes, all the time. It's the most... Apart from stand-up comedy, I would say it's the most naked you can be. I wanted to mention This Is England just because that started your partnership no, with thing, Shane Meadows. This England was amazing. And how did you 
Did you just know with him? Was it like meeting sort of a woman in a way, like Rachel, where you think, okay, this, there's something good between us? Do you no, know what no, I mean? No, 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 no. It was like, um, it was like meeting a woman that's way out of your league and Rachel? hoping that they, no. yeah, no, <laughs> God. You're not the first to say that. I'm not. Uh, uh, um, uh, but, um, I uh, think you're the most brilliantly suited couple ever, by the way. <laughs> yes, but she's still out of my league. But um, uh, when um, uh, that we had my mum's mum and dad's wedding anniversary, and uh, she met my auntie. Yeah. And um, and uh, they were talking. Everyone was talking, and and someone said, "Where did you meet her, Luton?" I was living in Luton at the time, and my auntie was like, "You don't get cheekbones like that in Luton." <laughs> I was like, you do, you do, you do, by the way, Luton's an amazing place. She was making very clear that Rachel was out of my league, which everyone knows. But, yeah, um, but, that's very but yeah, meeting Shane was like that. Do mm. you know what I mean? Like, you know, it was like, it was a, it was a, a you know, a Guardian Soulmates where you turned up and <laughs> your picture was actually a bit of a lie and her picture massively underestimated her. And, uh, and also she was a, a nuclear physicist. Um, is this Shane, you know I mean? not yeah, Rachel? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is Shane. <laughs> Shane. It's also true for Rachel. Um, yeah. And so you're just kind of like constantly trying to live up to mm. a false impression of yourself that you think the other person might have got. I'm sorry, sorry. Honestly, Ra- he's doing anything he can. <laughs> to get away Ra- Ra- Ray just leaps over to strangers. It's really... I'm so sorry. No, she's loving it. I know, but you have to check. <laughs> oh, so your way is constantly to say sorry on the basis that you... You have to assume that everyone hates dogs. Right, okay, okay. I think um, but that's... No one, no one hates your dog, more well, or less. Well, I think if you say sorry... Yeah, then um, you're in a positive position. It's quite manipulative. Yeah, yeah, Because what happens is you're they immediately say, your, don't worry. You're lowering your status. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not going And that you're lowering far, the though. status of your... But no, I do, I do do that. Yeah. Because I, that's one thing that I love about... Look at his tongue sticking out. I love about dog walks is that... You get to meet strangers. Yeah, I do actually, Jack. Yeah, yeah. I get to meet people who know nothing about me and yeah. I know nothing about them. And oddly, I find that. You get that with prams too. Because you're available. I think with kids, once mm. they reach a certain age, yes. you're so in an exclusive world. Yeah, you're immersed. That you're not, that you're not, but with a pram, you're just walking along and just trying to get the kids to sleep. So I you're just, yourself talking to people. and I find you know, it comforting. Well, with a dog, what it meant for me. Or smiling at people. Yeah. Well, what it meant for me was when I wanted, particularly when I was going through sort of multiple bereavements, yeah. it offered me human connection without invasion, if that right. makes sense. Do you right, know what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah. I felt seen and I felt like I was part of the human race. Yeah. But there were no questions, and that's yeah. sort of what I wanted. Um, so no strings, no string sex sort of thing. Yeah. Well, with, Basically, with, with I like smiles. one night stands in the park <laughs> with my shih tzu. Um, I should go to Hampstead Heath. <laughs> Uh, so Jack, yes. yeah. So we were talking about Shane, and that's how you work together on. Yes. This is England, and you've continued to work together. Yeah. And yes. in fact, I'm sure people will be aware of the virtues, which is you and Shane. That's one of your most recent collaborations. Yes. With Stephen Graham, and yes. I mean, I think it's still available on Channel Four Catch Up. I have no idea. I don't know, but it's honestly one of the most staggering pieces of drama that I've ever seen, and. You must watch it because it's extraordinary. It's absolutely extraordinary. And I, Stephen Graham is so brilliant in it. Yeah. And there's a bit in it as well, Jack, where he falls off the wagon very early on, doesn't yeah, he? And yeah. he goes into a pub and it's, to me, 
I think it taught me in that whatever long, whatever length it is, seven minutes or whatever that scene. It's quite a long scene because you and Shane like a long scene. <laughs> and it taught me more about alcoholism, but also pain and why people yeah, yeah. are drawn to that and self-medicate than anything I've read or seen. It was so powerful. That's all, I mean, I can take no credit for that. It's all Stephen and Shane. Uh, and it was, I agree, it's amazing. I mean, like, you know, so much of it was uh, Shane facing his personal demons. Mm. And that's why it felt an extraordinary thing to be part of. And, uh, um, you know, the, 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 it all started with Shane and I um, in a room in Nottingham, uh, in a leisure centre, no, an art centre somewhere, mm. you know, just in a little white room. And Shane literally just told me what happened to him. Uh, and Because he had a trauma when he was... Younger, yeah, didn't he was, he? That he he'd never assault. really dealt with. Yeah, he, he didn't know about it. Mm. It was a repressed memory. Mm, yeah, and um, and uh, it was about him meeting that. And mm. honestly, Shane's taught me so much about writing, but also about what kind of human you want to be. And really? there's stuff that he said to me, like he said to me once. I was worried about what kind of dad I was going to be, and really? he said that you know we're just you know he, he just like the, the things that he says are just so specific and poetic and wonderful. He's just blessed with this incredible, incredible head on him. And, uh, um, and you know, and he's had a hard time. And mm. he's so amazing in terms of his ethics that I just, I'm always in awe of him. Has he sort of been a mentor? You know, you know those people in your life that you think, my life would have been different without them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I I've think been that about a few, Frank a few Skinner, your brother-in-law. Yes. I think my life would be different without him. Like he's well, changed. My life would be different without Frank. Yeah. But your your life, yeah, no, yeah. The, the, that thing of just like, you know, telling you that you, you had a voice for radio. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. But believing in, you know, saying it sounds so naff and sort of X Factor journey, but it's yeah. it's to do with um, it's to do with also. It feels like with you and Shane that was sort of you were slightly singing from the same hymn sheet. One thing I read about, though, which is your relationship, doesn't he say, didn't he say once you were in a writing room and he held up a piece of paper and said, this is shit? It wasn't in a writing room, it was in a, it was in a, in a read I'm going to get Ray away from that big doggy. So it was in a read-through of this thing in 86 and he, uh, and he um, leant down, it was episode three, and he went, leant down and he just wrote across my script, this is shit. And read-throughs are about the most stressful space for a TV writer you can get in. You know, the, the channel's there, all the actors are there, you're feeling personally on the line, it's the last time the scripts are sort of judged before it becomes about filming, so it's like the most crucial time when things get fixed over and, and Shane was just like, this is shit. And I love him for it. I love. Did you him think he was that. changing the title of This Is England? <laughs> <laughs> but, did, but were you upset? I think I would have been upset. I was concerned and worried whether we were going to fix it. But I loved him for doing it. Did Do you, know you? I mean? like, you know, and he was right. It was, and then we rewrote it, and uh, we rewrote it overnight. In fact, because that's all the time we had. Before but then we that suggests filming. to me that you're able to park your ego in a way that I'm not sure many people would be able to. But that's to. TV writing. TV writing is all about ego. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of ego-filled TV writers, but there's so much. There's so there's so many reasons why your ego gets threatened in TV writing, and you've got to be able to get through it and I'm not saying I'm egoless I'm just saying that no I still think that takes a strength of character and I guess belief in your own ability I think I'd have cried I think it would have taken me six months to think oh yeah he's right 
and I would have come to the same conclusion as you, but I think I would have cried, called eight people. <laughs> I said, what should I do? I can't believe you said this. You're humiliated. But, you, but, do you know what I mean? And that's, uh, your reaction was, it strikes me as but, very But in theatre and telly, you are constantly being challenged about whether your work is good enough. Yeah. Whereas in books and on mm. the radio, mm. you don't quite have the same sort of level of feedback. I need someone to go, this is shit. Right. That's part of my safety net. Um, so, Jack, I want to talk... Because I'm aware I can't keep you all afternoon, which I want to, but I want to talk about Harry Potter. Yes. I always feel kind of guilty bringing it up because I feel you probably had to talk so much about it. Um, but it is something you must be very proud of. No, you, very when proud. When I watched you on the South Bank show, which yes. you, did, you had recently, and again, yes. it's absolutely brilliant. People should check it out. I think it's on uh, Sky, Sky Art, so you can get it there. But Melvin Bragg, he's so proper, he kept saying, the cursed child. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. And I thought, oh, I'd better say cursed, because Bragg <laughs> says cursed. I've always said cursed. Can yeah. you tell us how to pronounce it? <laughs> I, I say cursed, but I, I'm not Melvin Bragg. I would trust Melvin Bragg over me any day. How do you get a call like that? Is it like being made Doctor Who? I mean, the secrecy must have yeah. been extraordinary. No, 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 it really is like that. And it was just um, my friend John Tiffany who directed it. Um, we were going to the South Bank Show Awards because we'd been nominated for Let the Right One In, a play that we'd done together. Yes. And, uh, hello. Hello. Oh, darling Aww. little girl. Oh, hello. Isn't she lovely, Jack? You're lovely. Aren't you lovely? <laughs> <laughs> she likes the doggy. So it's a kid's TV show, Waffle. Yes. Uh, Does he look like Waffle? No, Waffle is bigger than me. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> you've got to, you've got to have, the, you've got to have boundaries with these fans. <laughs> it's like the Bieber mania with Ray. <laughs> yeah, so go on. So tell me about so the secrecy you were saying about when you got the Harry Potter. Well, it was gig. just, it was just literally um, John and I walking down the street, and uh, and then and then the secrecy came from then when it was like we needed to install certain firewalls on our computer. Did he say, do you want to do this, or did he say he was doing he it? He said he was doing it, and uh, and I was like, that's amazing, mate. That's such an amazing gig. <laughs> and then he was like, do you, do you want to do it? And yeah, no, it did was. You drop your coffee. It, <laughs> I fell off the pavement. It really? was amazing. It was amazing, and you know, still like the most ridiculously generous act. And how uh, did you get on? She's not JK to you, is she? She's Joe. She's Joe. Yes. Um, again, is it Rowling or Rowling? JK Rowling or JK Rowling? What Rowling, you Rowling. I, say, I but trust you. you know, that, now I'm really worried that I get that wrong. That's, <laughs> like, like, that's like being asked. That's, no, but that's like being asked, um, you know, about certain. I know, the thing that I always worry is that someone's going to sit me down and make me do a Harry Potter quiz <laughs> to see whether I was capable of. Uh, writing these, writing these plays, and uh, did you? Were uh, you nervous about meeting her? Had you met her, or was it? I, you... I was nervous about meeting her. Yeah. But um, writers tend to get on okay with other writers. Mm. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Mm. So I wasn't that scared, scared. And then I met her, and she's so extraordinary that it was just really, really easy. Yeah. And she remains one of the most extraordinary people I've ever met. Really? Yeah. In what way, Jack? What would you? just so trusting really so interested so excited so uncynical yeah you know that I think certain people get to that level of acclaim yes. and sort of get scared of it and certain people just adjust to being who who the world wants them to be 
and uh, and she just is a magnificent human being. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because as you say, yeah, people say that often you remain the age you were when you got famous. Right, okay. Right, right, right. Um, and some people... So for you, that's like eight. <laughs> six? No, I wasn't ever famous. But I mean, that No, when was Quartermass? How old like... were you when you did Quartermass? <laughs> no, excuse me, uh, Day of the Triffids. Day of the Triffids, sorry. Um, I mean, call yourself a geek, call yourself a nerd. <laughs> You're letting nerds everywhere down. But, but, you know, I would say... Well, in your case, I would say that makes you permanently about 32. No. No, 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 because writers don't get famous, so I'm okay. In a way, my dad always said to me, he said, writing, when I was really young, he said, writing is the best kind of fame. And I said, what do you mean? I mean, I was really young when he told me this, and he said, I was really young when he told me everything, particularly shocking things, but he said, well, take Martin Amis. I'm six, I don't know who you mean, but anyway. (laughs) Um, Take Martin Amis. He said he can go into the Ivy, or any restaurant of your choice, And he can call up and get a table. Yeah. But he doesn't get hassled on the street. So he has respect, but he doesn't, yeah. it doesn't interfere with his life. Would you say that's true? No, because playwrights, playwrights, unless you're Tom Stoppard or, you know, we're, we're like writers, uh, book writers have got, um, you... have got a, a thing that they take with them. Uh, um, playwrights and TV writers, we're largely anonymous. I'm not going to let you have that. No, that's true. That... But you were called the Dickens of your generation, Yeah, Jack. in a magazine article. I'm not letting you have that, actually. I think you don't... You, you, you're very modest and you're very humble. Do you think... It's false. Do you... No, I don't think... <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't think it's false. But I'm interested as to why I think it feels a bit problematic for you sometimes. Like, in terms of... I, I don't really want to talk to people, ever. The weird thing about being... Um, Frank Skinner's brother-in-law. Mm. Um, he's come up quite a lot in this conversation, <laughs> but that's because he's a... He'll be thrilled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That level of intrusion... Yeah. I think is really... I wouldn't be able to cope with that at all. No. And going to parties where people might know who I am... Yeah, no, I don't like that bit. Do you, Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, no, I don't really, because I don't know what to say to people. Mm. It's like when, when those um, kids were playing with us. <laughs> there was so much I wanted to say to those kids, and there's so much that I didn't say. And it was like, actually, being able to talk to them will mean that they've had a nicer time with the dog. And I can actually put it on when I'm with Elliot. I can talk to other kids, and I do talk to other kids and play with the other kids. But in situations like this where I just think... Why would that odd man... But, yeah, yeah. I think sometimes the people that don't shout about it have the most interesting things to say. But, but, but they're often letting other people down through their silence. Do you think so? That, that, um, when I brought Rach to meet my family for the first time... Were you nervous? Yeah, hugely nervous. And Rach, Rach said two things, gave me feedback on two things when, uh, when she left. She was like... The first thing was... I'm never playing Monopoly with those people ever again. Why? Because, like, you know, competitiveness taken to the next level. And the second thing was, uh, you didn't actually say anything all weekend. She was like, "Uh, you were bringing me to your family and you just left me hanging. That I had to do all the conversation. And thankfully, my parents could talk for China and so just kept on jabbering away. But, um, But that thing of just, like, leaving someone defenceless... 
I'm very capable of doing that. But and possibly that's because you, I think we adapt to our roles when we're in our family environment. And yeah. I think if that was always, oh, there's Jack upstairs doing his thing, subconsciously you think I'm going to be Jack yes. here. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Okay, but then um, my long-term theatre agent, uh, Rachel Taylor, mm. I, after a press night where she saw me at a press night just sitting in the corner talking to no one, said, you have a responsibility to say thank you to people, you know, for the fact that they've got involved in your play. And you may think it's okay to be shy, but actually you do have a weight as the writer and you have to, you have to be responsible for that weight. So, Well, I'm glad she didn't represent J.D. Salinger. I mean, what would he have said to that speech? Well, he was a book writer, so it wasn't, it was less collaborative. But but I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah. tell me, Jack, about when you met Rachel, your yes. wife. Yes, the lady of which her league was much higher. Um, uh, I was on a train going down to Cornwall and our mutual friend, Chloe Moss, um, uh, who's a script editor, it was a script editor on Skins with me. Mm. And uh, we were going down because it was a friend of hers was running a TV festival, mm. TV and film festival in Cornwall and so Chloe had asked me to come down and talk Mm. and Rachel was going down to support the same friend and it was a six hour train journey and we talked for a lot of it and then it became this sort of thing that we talked all weekend, she was with someone and then we talked all weekend and then and then I didn't see her for three years maybe maybe it was two years but and it's like the notebook yeah (laughs) but everyone kept talking about us to each other that, um, that Danielle, who was the woman who was running that yeah. festival, referred to me, uh, to Rachel, as her husband. She said, your husband was in the office again today, because she worked at Channel 4, mm. and she'd be like, your husband was in the office again today, um, talking about, you know, whatever I was working on at Channel 4, and, um, and doing all that kind of stuff, and sort mm. of gently teasing Rachel about it, and then, and then when she split up with this guy, she got in contact, and then I was mm. with someone, and then, and then we just sort of, like, ended up together, and... It felt right, right from the start. You know, I don't know what it was, but just Were you like, nervous, like, taking her out on dates and things? or Because, you know, when you really like someone... No, never. That's interesting, isn't never. it? Never. I don't get... That's a good I sign. I occasionally get nervous around Rach, but not much. Rach is, like... I don't know, you for some reason... You felt comfortable? Yeah. We, it was like... We've always just sort of fitted together. And how does she... You had... I went to your wedding. Yes. Which was one of the loveliest weddings I've been to, I think, because... It we fe- were in the same hotel. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, Do you, you want to... You were in the marital hotel. Can I just really apologise publicly? <laughs> basically, what happened was that I booked into a hotel... You basically not- looked for the plushest hotel in the area and you ended up in that hotel and that hotel was where we, where, where we had the, the mattress. So I went back and then I felt so bad the next morning. It was lovely. Rachel we and Jack are having are... this romantic marital <laughs> breakfast and I'm like, only me. <laughs> um, and I was going to say what I loved about your wedding. Yeah. Well, firstly, you gave quite a, a really funny speech and it was... My sister gave a funnier speech. My sister's speech was amazing. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. My, now, sister, my sister gave a speech which was... She looked online and she found all the things that people can find attractive in another person. She said, I can't do a speech. My sister was my best man. And she said, I can't do a speech about what um, porn and, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, all that stuff, because frankly, I don't know and I wouldn't want to know, she said. But 
what I can do is talk about the thing that I do know about, which is why on earth would anyone ever be attracted to my brother? And she did this thing which was just like all the ways that people are attracted to each other. Um, and, uh, and she went down the list. I, I think the end was um, money was the last sort of factor. And she went, oh, right. All right. <laughs> which I just think was the best guy. You know, like, you know, so she was amazing. But and she, she got was... my nephew and niece involved and was just like... It was she, so brilliant. And you know what I love... She shamed me in every way she possibly could shape, shame but me. But what I felt about that wedding, firstly, I loved it because you had um, complimentary flip-flops for us. Yes. Secondly, care I loved of, care it. Care of mother-in-law Sandy, who's yes. also an amazing woman. Secondly, I loved it because what you asked for was books. You asked everyone to give a book that meant yes. something to them and sign yes, it. their favourite book. It was... It made a change from the usual, you know... Can I have a washing machine from John Lewis, please? <laughs> I want the expensive one as well, you tight git. And I think mostly what I loved about it, I don't know... You bouncy don't follow castle. football. Bouncy Castle was good. Did you what see the Bouncy the? Castle? <laughs> we had a Bouncy Castle. You didn't? Yeah, we did. We had a Bouncy Castle for the kids because we wanted oh, everyone to bring their that. kids. I was at the Bridal Hotel, <laughs> sorry, stealing your suite. <laughs> but what I also loved, Jack, was, you know, there's an expression in football which is play the game, not the occasion. Yes. I don't know if you've ever heard that. So, yes. you know, the idea that if you've got a Champions League final, you have to just play your normal game. You do, yes. The bigness of the day, it's not about that. It's about yes. the spirit and the passion of the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt that about your wedding, that it felt like it was about you. You know, oh, it often nice. gets lost that, doesn't that's it? That's really the, nice. That's really nice. Rachel didn't stop smiling all day. Like, you know, oh. that she had, she had this... My, my wife is known as the princess in the piece. She can find discomfort in anything. She cuts all the the things, your washing instructions. Oh, yeah. She has to cut every single of those out because it just irritates her too much. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, she can only sleep on, like, the most amazing pillows and all this other kind of stuff. Luckily, she's ridic- you're doing so well. She's a ridiculous woman. But, um, <laughs> but she had to wear this... She wore this piece of metal on her head, this really heavy piece of metal on her head. Yeah, um, I and I normally that Jack, would have cause... killed her. But she just, she just didn't stop smiling all day. I remember because when she tried it on, it was the only time she ever oh, lost yeah, you it. Were at the, you were at the. She you had were a, at the, yeah, you were She at the, never did bridezilla because that's not Rachel's way. She's a very calm person, isn't she? Yeah. But it was the one moment where she threatened to get out of control, <laughs> where she said, "Kathy and and your nephew Baz and I were talking." And well, we you were, were saying, choosing, oh, we're you were the wedding dress she, together. We were looking at the headdress, and she put it on, and we were just momentarily distracted by Buzz, and she went, look, can everybody just focus? <laughs> I said, right, now you're becoming, don't tell the bride. She was like, oh, yeah. Um, so you've done well on the, on the WAF front. <laughs> done um, well on the WAF front. No, I think you really did meet your soulmate with Rach, and I think no, your relationship I, I, is lovely. And yeah, and we're, we're almost eight years in now, and it still feels like and that. And how do you deal with the sort of workaholism sort? You know, like, do you have a deal with her? Is that hard for her? Or was that hard for her to It was accept? hard for her at the beginning. It's less of a deal now. At the beginning, it was like I'd have at least half a day off a week. Now, it's like, you know, we've got Elliot, so it's very different. I don't work as much as I used to. And um, your son, Elliot, yes. who was named after... The lead character in E.T., yes, yes. Oh, look, there's a beagle. That worries me. A beagle's vicious. A beagle looks all right, do you think? yeah. He doesn't mean you harm. You know the most beautiful dog story I've ever heard? What? Did you, you, you listen to Desert Island Discs? Yeah. David Knott on Desert Island Discs, oh, who was this yeah, trauma yeah, surgeon yeah, who specialised. Yeah. And he talked about meeting the Queen. And he was just back from Syria or somewhere really dark like that. And, um, and from being in a conflict zone. And he had PTSD. He said, I have PTSD every time I come back. And he was sat 
on the Queen's left side and the Queen has this thing where she talks to the person on her right side for 45 minutes and then she turns mm. to... And so, you know, she'd had that conversation for 45 minutes. He'd been waiting for 45 minutes for the Queen to turn to him. She turned to him and she, she said, you know, she started making conversation and he wasn't being forthcoming at all. And she, and she went, you're in a bit of trouble, aren't you? The Queen said. The Queen said. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I am. And she said, would you like to play with my dogs with me? And she signalled them to come over with, a, with doggy biscuits and they played with her dogs. Oh. under the table for 45 minutes. This woman that's been the regent of our country for so long and she still, yeah. she still has this Well, that's a sort of emotional intelligence I mean? like, you know, that yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have expected. Exactly, and... you really wouldn't. And it was just, it was, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. Isn't it apt with having this conversation right by our house? You know you know? Maybe she can, you just wanted to hear you so you can get the old knighthood. What if you get the knighthood? Would you accept a knighthood, Jack? Uh, I don't think that's so worthwhile. Well, I think you'd worry it might be a bit, your parents might not prove. I think there's a big, you know, when that thing, when uh, everyone, you know, Amanda Anucci is like, I took it for my mum, I took it for, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you know, yeah. It's like, I, my parents would be like, don't take it. So I can't give that Does excuse. Does that still influence that, 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 that parental thing? Do you think we all carry that round with us? So, for example, I know you're not a big fan of London, are you? No, um, I hate it, yeah. Do you hate it? Yeah. Why? I don't hate it quite as much as I used to. I used to really hate it because it's miserable. It's like full of, like, if you sit on that tube and you look across and no one's, Everyone's had such hard days, and it mm. just seems like that you can feel the weight of their days. There's a lack of lightness in this city. But that said, having spent time in other cities, this is, you know what I mean? Like That's why I have a cities. dog, though. Because yeah. you well, connect, people, people, smile, are people human. Smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I hear you. I think the territorial hostility melts away a bit. You yeah, know, yeah. That people have. Yeah. No, no, so I hear you. So would you like to move, ideally? Yes, but, but Rachel wouldn't, and um, that's fine. You Do know, you Rachel basically said, when we, were moving, when we were moving in together, she said, I'll move anywhere within about half a mile of where we currently live, <laughs> uh, where I currently She's live. She's a reasonable woman. Exactly, Do, exactly. Does that sort of London thing, I mean, it might, I understand there are genuine reasons for that, but is there a part of it that you think is partly a historical, familial, childhood thing, which is, it feels decadent, like coming to, you know, London. What, it's, the London... Do you know what I mean? Though? Yeah, yeah, no, no, maybe. I just um, the, uh, I, um, I I I find it oppressive. Mm. Yeah, I would rather live somewhere else. It's I'd noisy, rather, yeah. I, but you see, I'd happily live on a desert island with just Rachel and Elliot for oh. the end of my days if I could send scripts to people and then they make them and. You know, I like Ian that bit. Fleming. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You want exactly, his life. Tell exactly. me about um, Elliot because he's a such a lovely little boy, yes, and I think so. He Thank really you. is, actually. Awesome. Yes. And in terms of you bringing him up, yes. I mean, I always quote your lines from your plays. I do attribute them to you, <laughs> but there's something which really stuck with me, and I, whenever I mention it to a parent, they go, "Oh God, that's clever," and it's from the cursed child or the cursed child if you're Melvin Bragg <laughs> and it's talking about pain life being pain essentially you know yeah. and painful and is it Dumbledore Jack who says it's you have to teach them how to meet life yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. what did you I want to know because that's a line that I quote a lot and now I've got the person who wrote it next yeah. to me and I it's I find it very inspiring especially when I look at I guess 
that whole thing of helicopter parents and people talk about that a lot. What did you mean by it? I, I, look, I'm still... Um, and do you do it? Do you think you'll be able to do it? I don't know. And, mm. uh, and that, thing of, that thing of working out the level of honesty you want to bring your kid up with mm. is the thing that I struggle with most and think about most and you know there was a long period where um Rachel had to basically tell me to stop projecting on to when Elliot was 15. <laughs> I was yeah. just constantly trying to fight that thing but when you were talking about unhappy teenagers and how yes. unhappy teenagers some yeah. sometimes lead more fulfilled lives you don't always know that that's the case so you want your kid to be yes. the captain of the football team the star the Mary and the school play you want yeah. the kids to be all those things and um and i you know i desperately hope he is all those things but uh, you know that thing of trying to work out how to protect him mm. but also how to you know like he's going to be going to a state school um is he's it going you to, decide yeah. that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. is he's that important to, to you very important because why is that because I think our country is completely screwed up and I think part of the reason why it's screwed up is because there's such a hierarchy involved in, you know, our initial steps into this world and mm. uh, it's really important that um, Elliot knows who people are yeah. and knowing who people are means meeting a wide range of people and having a wide range of friends and, you know, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't have... If I hadn't had a comprehensive education, I think it'd be a lot harder doing my job. There are writers, obviously, so? who are private and public school educated. But I, I think that for when you're writing characters in particular, it's really, really important that you know a wide range of characters in order to be able to but write then, them. I think it's interesting because, not going on about him, but I look at, again, someone like Frank Skinner. Yes. Yes. And I would describe him, you know, yes. a lot of comics or a lot of, you could say, yes. high status, high profile people. Yes. You know, it's that classic thing of the more successful you get, the more money you make. Yeah. The more you disconnect yourself and isolate yourself. Money and fame and success can be very isolating and it means you have less to contribute yes. in terms of your art or your But I would say Frank is an example of someone who throws himself into life. Yes. He never isolates himself. You know, no. he gets the tube, he gets the bus, he chats to people, he's just Well he quite likes being recognised. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, no no but, but like, it's a that, celebration isn't that an amazing of thing life. after thirty years yeah. to not be bothered about people coming up to you not and not be bothered. You know, like genuinely yeah. not bothered. He it's said to me, I don't understand why people wouldn't use the hotel restaurant. I mean, why would you sit in your room when no one's gonna recognise you? Yeah, well and, and when he did um <laughs> Richard Iwadi's um forty eight hours in Oh, yeah. And they were in Switzerland, and he was like, "I, I don't like being abroad. That's <laughs> who I am here, you know." But but, but I he's think someone that's who hasn't. He's, he's someone who I. I'm but he saying, also celebrates his own success, yeah. which is an amazing quality and um, and um, something I envy and something I really admire in him. So, do you think with Elliot then it's yes. a case of just roots and wings? But what, how's that relating? How's that well, relating I suppose that was the... relating when you were talking about the private school education. Yes. And I'm saying I would agree with that, but I also think it's to do with, there's an element of choice and free will there, which is yes. you can either choose to let money and privilege become a prison. Yes. Or, or you, you can, can say, say, right, I'm still I've going got... to engage in life. You yeah. Know. I just, the, 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 but I think that's two separate things mm. in that I think it's about that, you know, that your hopes as to what your kid is going to be, mm. that my 
only hope for Elliot is that a he's happy yeah and that this is not an only is it if you've got two but um and and b that he's b that he's self-aware if he's got those two qualities then he'll be all right whatever he does you know my mum would cut me off also if uh if would she any, yeah oh, gotcha. do you think she would oh yeah it's something she's well, incredibly well she can't cut you off financially i mean that ship sailed you're doing all right for yourself love you're the one who no one wants to be cut off from <laughs> Um, but yeah, you so, wouldn't get a Christmas card, you know. <laughs> um, I want to tell you something, Buzz, your nephew, Frank's, yeah. and Kath's son. Yes. I asked him because he knew I was interviewing you. Oh right, okay. And I said, What question would you ask? Yeah, I just said, What would you, <laughs> what would you say as some what did Buzzy say? lovely things about <laughs> Uncle Jack? <laughs> what are the best things about Jack? So these are the three things that Buzz said. He liked most about you. Oh, God. Three? Wow. Three things. As, as much as three. I'm very happy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. His writing. <laughs> he hasn't seen a thing in my life. <laughs> no, he Number came to, one. He came to Christmas Carol. He came to Christmas Carol. So I'm, I'm relying on the fact that he saw Christmas Carol. I don't and know realized... if he's seen the virtues. I hope not. <laughs> Number one, his writing on National Treasure. Number two, his kindness. Oh, that's very sweet. Number three, his swimming. <laughs> I love that that's a quality of yours. You're swimming. I mean, I want to see. What is this, Phelps? I mean, what kind of swimmer are you? I'm just a very keen sea swimmer. I'm, I'm the one that's taken Buzz deepest in the sea. I would say that's definitely true. I take okay. him, we, me and him go swimming. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I took him uh, the, about a month ago. I, 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 I held him up in the sea, that he was on his own in the sea, and he was swimming in the sea. Uh, wow. But, um, well, well, because what can Frank I say? is Frank is a bit, well, Frank is frightened of water. So, yes, um, me too, uh, actually, a bit. So when Buzz and I are together, we do things like jumping over waves. And, so but but, but I'm amazed for those things, are the, <laughs> the three uh, His writing. So kindness, which is just a word that he would apply to more or less anyone because he assumes that everyone is sort of kind. Uh, his writing and uh, his yeah, swimming. His swimming, brilliant, brilliant. So Thanks, Buzz. I like Buzz. that, Buzz. <laughs> and I would agree. I can't. I've never seen you in action swimming. Well, it's I a glorious thing. And you just imagine. I'm, yeah, just I'm certainly a, sort of a, a big fan of your writing. Yeah. And I would definitely describe you as probably one of the kindest people I've met. Definitely. Nice. I think you've got such a good, pure heart, Jack. I really do. I've always felt that about you. That's very kind. It's a lie, but it's very kind. But you don't have to dismantle the nice thing because it's true. That's my perception of you. Awesome, yes. But you're an example also of someone who seems utterly, utterly uncorrupted by money and success. And that's very rare. I'm talking yeah. about your profile and your work. You know, I'm not talking yeah. about how much money you've got in the bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying fame and success. And you would say, oh, I'm not famous. But I would say you're not corrupted by it. And that's hard. That's very nice. I don't know whether it's that hard. The, um, uh, Let me introduce you to a few people. <laughs> <laughs> I know how lucky I am. And, the, and, you know, I feel like I've, I've lucked into something which I was never expecting to luck into. And um, I do still have that. Uh, I also think it might disappear at any moment, which isn't a very good quality because it means that you're constantly... I think you know, it is, because you never take it for granted. You never take it for granted, but you're also constantly insecure. You know, the thing that I'm trying to do more of at the moment is to sort of be a bit more inclusive with people, 
and say, like, I realise now that I am the establishment to some degree <laughs> to some people, and so I've got to be the one that says well done rather than expecting them to say well done oh, to me. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm learning all those things slowly. But, you know, that, and that can't, you can't, you can't be someone that expects, you, you, you know, that you have a responsibility as a leader, yeah. I mean, like, you know, which writers sort of are leaders, weird leaders, but leaders, and you've got to live up to that responsibility. Mm. And that means that you're the one that goes, you don't wait for them to go, this is a great script, you go, yeah, yeah. that was an amazing performance, or I loved how you directed that, all that sort of stuff. You've got to be the one that does it because actually they probably won't say that to you anymore. I want to ask you something before we go and meet your Rachel. wife. Do you cry, Jack? Uh, not that often. I cry in films. The last time I really remember crying in... IRL, uh, as the kids say. Yeah, in real life, <laughs> yeah. yes. Uh, was, um, was, uh, was when we chose the music that Rachel was going to walk down the aisle to. That genuinely was. It sounds so pathetic and romantic and everything else, but genuinely, we were in Cornwall again. Mm. We were going to um, Danielle's wedding, the woman who had mm. organised the thing, uh, uh, and um, and we were in a hire car, mm. and um, and we were listening to Meow Meow, uh, the singer, and uh, we both said, "I really like this song." And then I went, "Maybe this is your processional music," and she went, "I love that," and I started oh. to cry. And it's really weird, and I still to this day don't quite know. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, it was a really weird sort of chemistry. I love but, that, you know, Jack. Yeah. Um, I've really loved our walk, Jack. No, and I no. just think you're such good company. I could have walked that's, with you for hours. That's good. I'm sorry if I was um, inarticulate, and I'm sorry for all the ums and the ers. Uh, 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 and then, do you know what I mean, you know? So, uh, I, I have this really weird, that really weird speech thing of going, Oh, all right, wow. What's happened, Jack? Do you want to explain what's happened? Uh, Ray has just joined a picnic, by the look of things, uh, and has just literally settled, settled down to, uh, to stay there forever. Do you forever. see what I mean? I always think... I thought we were kindred souls, but he literally makes friends with everyone, so I'm not, I'm, we're not kindred souls to any degree. Well, this is what I mean. Yeah. You yeah. do realise it is a bit like you're charging, he's charging by the hour. Does, does, he, know, does he know how attractive he is, do you yes, think? Yes, he does. Right, he's okay. Bieber. Right, he's okay. Justin Bieber. He but is I Justin Bieber. He's good. Justin Bieber in the early years, isn't he, when, with the haircut? But look at people's faces. All you see, when I see people go over to him, I see he's happiness. Lifting his, he's lifting up his sandwich away from him. He's oh like, God. I'm not letting that dog I'm so anywhere. sorry, guys. <laughs> he makes people happy, and I like yep. that. No, no, no. But you, you, right, that's amazing that he, you think he knows how attractive he is. That's, that's Yeah, cool. he does. <laughs> Yeah, I've loved our walk, Jack. And I, I've loved it I've too. went to see you. your play, The End of History. We can't talk about all your work because you're too, to use one of your favourite words, <laughs> prolific. Um, but it's really brilliant. And unfortunately, it is about to finish yeah, at no, the, it'll be, it'll be Royal the Court. But you can get that. Can people. You should read it, though, because there's. Your, everything yeah. you write, yeah, yeah. I think I would read anyway, and I have read. Yes. That's very kind. To Are we allowed to mention the... that you're doing his dark material? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be on in November, I think. I think. Is that filming at the moment? Yeah, series two is filming at the moment. That's going to so be we're so filming, exciting. So we're filming series two before series one is aired. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So what do you think about dogs now after our walk? Um, I think they don't like me, but, uh, uh, you know, yeah, he's a very nice dog. He's a very do nice dog. Do you think dog. that? I think it was a real success. Look. <laughs> yeah. He's in your arms. 
doing everything he can to look away from me, um, which is fine. But I think you, I think he's a Elliot good... really likes him. But Elliot uh, does like him, but I think yeah. this is important that Elliot... Exactly, he... Do, he... I, I, Elliot can't be afraid of dogs. It's so... My, my nephew, um, my nephew Zach and Caitlin are afraid of dogs. And, really? And they're amazing boys, but it's just so... It, it was, it's so hard when, when a dog appears. They really are frightened. Yeah. And I just, you know, yeah, that's too... That's tough. I'm going to make sure that Rhea's always in Elliot's life. Awesome. Because, to be honest, he does look a bit like E.T. Yes, and yes. I'll more make... like an Ewok, but, you know, a little bit, yeah. Oh, don't split hairs. Yeah. I'll make sure that he'll be right well, here. He literally doesn't have any hair. Does you know. that make you cry? I'll be right here. That makes me cry more than anything in the world, that line in E.T. Well, this is my favourite line from E.T. Yeah. Be good. Yeah. Jack's got be good tattooed on his wrist and I'm actually going to cry. It's the, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, that is so lovely. That was my, sister's, my little sister's 40th birthday present to me. Was, uh, yeah. Oh, it's so lovely. Oh, that's made me feel a bit of totes emotion. Because <laughs> I love that film. Yeah. All right, Jack. Shall awesome. I put Ray down and we'll have a hug? Yes, yes. Are you going to stick around and say hi to Ray? So you've got to get back. No, I'm going to wait. Where's your wife? I really hope you enjoyed listening to that. And do remember to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. <laughs>